Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh! Wonderful shot by Lennox Lewis! A right hand by Holyfield! My Boston does it! Look at this! He's not quite nice and down! For the first time in his career. But unfortunately, it'll never happen. Front! Punches! And punches! And it's over! I think it's gonna be over. Aguero in big trouble against the ropes! I have to say, there seems an element of genuine hate between these two, Ambrose. For sure. I don't hate the man. Just imagine if you bought a ticket. Stop it, Frank. You can stop it any time. Castillo's in trouble! Welcome back to the Legendary Nights Podcast, the after show. I'm your host, Sean, joined, as always, by Lukey for another episode of the after show on the Legendary Nights Podcast. This is the tale of Nigel Benn and Chris Eubank, a tale that myself and Johnston had the absolute pleasure of retelling, rehashing, putting it back out there to the world and really looking at the nostalgic moments that we remember from our childhood and a lot of what got us both into this sport of boxing. But, Lukey, it's a different theme for you, really, because this is a fight for us in the UK that was was so iconic. And one of the great things about having you on the show is getting a perspective from somebody who might have not perceived a fight like this and a tale like this in, in the same way or might not even have remembered something like this in the same way. And it's, it's great to hear what other people's opinions are from across the pond because... Like for us, this is like this is like the cream of the crop of the nineteen nineties, and I'm really excited to talk to you and hear your opinions on this. So let's get right at it. And going back to this this tale, these two iconic figures in British boxing, how how is your perception of this tale? And do you have any personal memories of this? Did it did it ever translate over to America in the same way we it's very revered for us in the UK? Well, for me, it didn't, but for me, it also 
it was around the time of I don't know if you remember the alien autopsy video at Blockbuster where it's like here's a real alien autopsy and people were renting the video and it's like whoa and it looked like a doll and stuff and this video I remember it was like one of the few boxing matches that you could rent like a pro wrestling like a WWF and it was a few years later so I remember when I wanted to get into the history of boxing and also I wanted to watch boxing and at the time there wasn't access to boxing at any moment at any day and you couldn't watch any fighter you wanted at any moment my relationship first with this fight was that I went to like I think it was called Hollywood Video and they had like a VHS tape of this fight and I just got it because I was like okay I get my grandparents will let me rent one movie let's get this boxing match and none of us knew about it but then we learned hey this is a pretty good fight you know and we had ended up renting it multiple times which fight was it the first or second this was the first and then later on we tried to get the the double whammy they had the double whammy vhs of both fights but i, I always wanted to buy it but it was like back then they'd overprice a vhs it was like really expensive but it was the first fight so for anybody that doesn't know what a VHS is, a video tape, they probably, there's a lot of generations now that probably, you know, look at it and think, oh my God, what a relic that is. But for us, it was just the norm, wasn't it? Going to, like you say, a video store and being able to rent something out. Uh, it's very nostalgic to hear that from yourself. Like that that's what it was like for you growing up as well, as, as well as ourselves, myself and Johnston with, with the way we used to go and rent movies and see things like that because boxing wasn't as accessible like you've rightly pointed out already it really wasn't it just was not accessible in the same ways it is today i think we were very privileged in the uk that it was shown on terrestrial tv it was on free to air tv so you could turn your telly on and it was on the channel that you had on that tv that you turned on it was great so it was great to be able to see fights like this being broadcast on terrestrial tv and we do miss it. I do think because of the way boxing's changed, it is a it's a big miss for us in the UK. And I think it's a, it's a hindrance as well because although there's many, many streaming platforms and many ways to access the sport today, I do think like there's not everybody can afford to pay for his own fees or Sky fees or cable fees or, or whatever fees it is that you have to subscribe to, to to watch these sports. Not everybody can afford to do that. And I think having boxing back on terrestrial TV, free to air, would be absolutely amazing. And it, this is what this fight reminds me of as well, is like how good that period of time was where you were able to watch the sport so freely and you could really get yourself hooked upon it. So going back to this then, Luke, you're going back to that first fight in particular. Of course, Nigel Ben was the favourite going into it. He'd done it the hard way, as he said. He went over to America and he beat Doug DeWitt and he beat Iran Barkley and he beat these names and he put himself in that position where everybody looked at him as the favourite going into this Chris Eubank fight because not a lot of people really knew Chris Eubank at this point. And when they did know him or they did get to see him, they just loathed him because of the way he spoke, the way he acted, the way he was a little bit spoiled brattish at times in, in interviews and in moments going into this first fight. So... He played his role of a pantomime villain very, very well going into this. So when you look back at it now and you see everything that's around now and you, you do your studies and you, you look at the history elements of it, it had all the absolute ingredients to be what it was, didn't it? The ego has landed. I remember that. Um, it's 
it was i think that when boxing gets it right we have two large personalities that are completely different that speak to two different types of people and there's a talent component and this is kind of probably the best version of that in british boxing where you just have guys that never would be friends stark contrasts and fans believing that this fight wasn't going to be competitive possibly or wanting to see an outcome and the outcome being in jeopardy or the outcome being decided through the talent i think that's when people have these legendary moments that go man boxing is amazing you know that's when we have the great moments and i think this this fight kind of speaks to that i think as well if you think about the time as well and think about what was quite popular at the time like you mentioned earlier wwf was quite popular and back then kayfabe existed where everybody believed that people were trying to hurt one another in the ring and that the stories were were, were genuinely believable whereas like now obviously it's totally different everybody knows what it's all about now and and, and knows that the, the, the tricks of the trade and knows how everything is, whereas back then you didn't. And I think that's what boxing kind of was like, like when you didn't have that peek behind the curtain like you do now, you kind of really bought into the hype of what was going on between two individuals going into a, a huge fight like this. So even looking back on all of the all of the stuff that's out there now with Chris Eubank and Nigel Benn, when you look back at it, Lukey, do you do you sort of see the same things we do, or does does it not translate in the same way? It's always hard with British fights because there's a level of your culture that I just don't understand. It's like how like there could be a level of racism in a fight, an undertone, and yes, you'll understand it to a degree, but there's also a level of the Civil War happened in the United States, and there's an undercurrent throughout going through school that that's not talked about and then there's like a level of resentment about it i i understand some of the bout but i feel like what always makes me iffy to speak on british bouts is i don't understand the cultural differences the like a i'll give you an example like someone was like chev clark he's a real tough guy from britain and i don't see like the quote unquote like rugged tough guy ism about him but he's one of my favorite up and coming fighters i just miss the cultural context for a lot of british aspects of things and that's understandable given the differences between the cultures the humor there's a lot of things that are different between us uh when it comes down to britain and america and i know people could quite easily jump on the bandwagon of many many political things and many other things but for the purposes of this particular show, it's it is different to try and translate a a rivalry between two fighters where you can totally understand the that how this is, and I think I think that kind of I can say that translates over here as well to Britain. Like you, we could get two two American fighters and we can look at it and not really understand the full the full effect of what this rivalry really means in the grand scheme of things. But then I also think now in this modern era, I think because boxing is so accessible and because of the way it is and everybody can access it in the way that they can today, I think it's easy to get like a big fight, like a, a Ryan Garcia and Devin Haney, which has just been signed. like, And you can see the, the scuffling and you can see everything else. And I think that translates quite easily. So regardless of, of what we might think of them, whether they're big trash talkers which is kind of the perception that it puts across. 
we also look at it and we can see just where there's genuine bad blood between one another because I know that particular fight has got a little bit of criticism for the backstage pushing and shoving and trash talking between one another. So when you look at it like that, is it because of the way of the sport and how it's changed, is it is it easier now to to really look at a fight between two guys, whether they're British guys, whether they're American, Canadian, Australian, where it's two nationalities, the same nationalities going head to head in a fight. Is it easier now to to to, to understand the rivalry than maybe what it was when we were growing up? Well, I think so, but I think my answer is going to be very confusing to some. I think the reason it's easier is I can watch the fight and understand the fight for the fight. Sometimes you get very good broadcasts that late, because I think that as I work with the broadcast stuff, sometimes I think that what we're missing in broadcasts that fans think is storylines and giving people information and storytelling in the telecast. I think a very bad telecast is let's just talk all in ring action and there's no who here's who the person is. I think a great telecast unfolds a story with the action. So you're like learning a, a small bio about the person and the action is happening about both fighters in the best case scenario. I think the reason it's the, the it's easier now is it, I can tune into your telecast, your show and maybe get some of the context and then from your context, I can do my own research and then start to look into that. And that helps me now understand it. I think that hearing people who understand cultures really well provide the context allows me a starting point that seems accessible. So I'm going to move forward then with this conversation and, and just talk now a little bit about the the fights themselves, the rivalries obviously down in history and if you're listening to this, I would imagine that you've actually listened to the main episode and you've heard the story, you've heard everything that we've presented in the story and the tale of Ben versus Eubank. But now it's really about like the fights and the legacy they leave behind. The first one in particular is is the one for us that that is a big part of that, that tale because Chris Eubank, as I said, he was the underdog going into that first fight. He wasn't maybe expected to win the fight. Nigel Ben was expected to win the fight. And then when you read the stories, you hear the stories about the difficulty he had with weight and making weight because it was the same day weigh-in. And then he still somehow managed to battle his way up until the point where he became sheer exhausted and Chris Eubank was able to finish the fight and he got the victory. And, and what a huge victory it was for him in the grand scheme of things, looking back on it now. So looking at that first fight in particular, I look at it with, with, with I think he's aged really well. The point I'm trying to make with this whole tale, this whole conversation is, like, I think the rivalry between them two I think has aged very well and I think it stood the test of time and I think the fight, the first fight in particular has, the second fight wasn't as good but I think that as a package, I think it's, it stood the test of time. So we said it at the end of the episode and I think it was Johnson in particular who highlighted the fact that for us, when you think of Ben, you think of Eubank and you think of Eubank, you think of Ben. Same with Ali and Fraser, the same with Barrera and Morales, the same with Corrales and Castillo, you know, all Gatti and Ward, all these great fights and great fighters that shared the ring together all, all become synonymous in the sport because of the time that they shared in the ring, what they actually produced in the ring and also moments outside of it, which led to a whole overall package. So I honestly think that this particular tale, it sits right up there with all those aforementioned ones. 
but again, it's it's how that translates. So when you look at the the aforementioned tales of Barrera Morales and even Pacquiao and Marquez and you know tales like that, do you think that Ben and Eubank has stood the test of time? Of course, you know it's yeah. I think any great British fight will forever be compared to it. And like like we said about the Hall of Fame, like the Hall of Fame is like to me about how many legendary nights did you have not what is your legendary night i think when we look at fights and assess it by is it as good as this one or how does it hold up to that then that becomes the gold standard i i thought about this for golf courses like pebble beach piners number two at first like i'm like i don't know if they're the greatest but then every golf course i go to my mind goes and says how does this course stack up to those two so how are they not the best so I think when you start comparing things to one thing. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That, to me, is a dead giveaway. It's a classic. When you look back on, on the veracity of the fights in particular, when I say, did they stand the test of time, and like you've, you've rightly answered that question, with with the actual skill level and the ability that these guys both had, the problem I always found with the legacy of the two of them is that they never they never got those fights with the absolute very best division. So the conversations were around people like James Tony and Michael Nunn and Roy Jones Jr. You know, all fighters that were in and around that that particular era. The only fight I think really Nigel Ben was involved in which was really the the dog fight of his life was of course the Gerald McClellan fight because of where McClellan was at in his career at the time the fight took place of course but other than that when you also look back on on their careers whilst again to us in Britain they've had legendary careers have they really had legendary careers you know when it when it translates to a different audience and someone like yourself looks at the history of it and and looks at these two guys and the level of opposition that they faced, and then you look at the American fighters that were around at the time, and you think, well, why did Chris Eubank or Nigel Ben never fight a Roy Junior? Why did they never fight a Michael? Why did they never fight a James Tony? Does that then discredit them in, in, in a slight way in your perception of them as fighters because they never was able to get in the ring 
whether they maneuvered themselves out of the position or whether their promoters were able to put them in the position, do, does it harm their legacy worldwide? It doesn't to us because obviously we love them as, as characters, but does it would it to you? You know, when you look at it in the grand scheme of what someone's achieved in the sport. I think, of course, but I think at the same time, the world used to be a lot smaller and bigger at the same time. It was harder for things to get made. Now we live in an era where, like, even a fighter like Andy Lee, I think Andy Lee would be a Hall of Fame boxer given the climate of boxing now. It's easier for a fighter to get, uh, like, a fighter from Britain, a fighter from Ireland. It's easier to get a fight in America or with a big-name fighter, I think, ever, ever than I can think of. And I think that the hard part is it's it does hurt their legacy, but you also have to look at the fact that there weren't that many fights being made in that context of superstar boxers coming from overseas to face superstar American boxers because at the time it was very profitable and guys didn't want to give up the money or whatever it was. But that just simply didn't happen in the time. And I think when you look at history, you have to also look at the context of history and look at what the social norms were at that time. Because if we bring in just our morality and judgment, we could overlook basically what was occurring in that era. And you look at that era and you look at who was who was promoting in that era. And of course, Barry Heard, Eddie's dad, you know, he was the one that was on the scene with Frank Warren in the UK. And obviously Frank Maloney was around as well. Now Kelly Maloney. They were like the big ones of, of the UK. But Don King got his claws into both Eubank and Ben for that for that second outing, which again I knew I knew of this story already going into the tale, but to hear the fact that he was able to get both signatures was was unbelievable. But Don King in the nineties, you know, he was putting on some of the best cards that you've that you've ever seen. You know, the the, the level of talent facing each other was fantastic at some points of the nineteen nineties. And I remember specifically post this rivalry between these two i remember the ben mcclellan fight because we did a an earlier legendary night on it and i remember don king in particular talking about when nigel had won that fight he he's on he's on the broadcast on on itv in the uk and he's saying we want to get nigel in with roy jones jr and it's like it, it just it disappoints me looking back on it now as a fan and knowing what i know about the sport and and having the knowledge that i have now like we just never got, for, for, for us as British fans in particular, we just never got to see Eubank and Ben face the very, very best of what was out there at that time. And it would have been absolutely amazing to to have seen it. And yes, they might have lost every single time they stepped against one of those guys that I've mentioned earlier. But the fact that if they would have had that on their resume, I think it just would have made them even more popular and probably even more well-known by a larger audience across the world. Not that I don't think they're not well known now because, of course, their own sons, respectively, are, are doing their own things for better or for worse. And I actually think, uh, people might shout at me for this, but I actually think their own sons, Chris Evan Jr. And, and Connor Ben, I actually think they, in this, because of the area we're living and the accessibility to the sport we have now, I think they're actually more popular for better or for worse, whether it's, they're infamous or whether it's they're actually popular which I don't think any of them are at the moment or maybe have have been but I think they're actually more talked about now in in a wider scheme and as in like it translates across the world rather than just solely here in the UK I think both of them are actually talked about more 
worldwide than their own fathers were. I agree. I agree, but I think that's also like we can say that, but then we also have to remember their fathers laid the groundwork for them to have these, and then the world went to streaming, so then now everything's interconnected. At 3 o'clock my time, I tune into British fights. That's normal. Ten years ago, if I wanted to do that, I had to go to someone's house and hope they knew how to do it. The world has gotten smaller through streaming, and it's easier to stream fights. I remember I watched Kevin Mitchell, or Kevin Mitchell, Jorge Linares, and um, what was the fight? Ricky Burns versus Gonzalez. And to watch those fights was really hard. It was very difficult, and I had to go to someone's house. Now it's super accessible, and I feel like if you're a hardcore boxing fan, you need to know people from everywhere. You need to know the British fighters. You need to know the U.S. fighters. And to be quite honest, if you were an American fight fan in the 90s, I don't think that American fight fans really acknowledged fighters that didn't fight in America. I agree with that. That's, that's a fair comment as well. I think that, and again, that's because everywhere was kind of closed in, weren't it? it? Like, I remember I was a big wrestling fan when I was younger and, you know, we didn't have the same accessibility we have now. And, you know, if we wanted to know something about what was going on in, in either WCW or WWF at the time, we'd have to buy like a magazine. And then the magazines would have to be then imported from America because they were all American publications. So, you know, we had to wait until they came in to be able to buy them. I used to buy them when I was a kid. I used to go to the shop and there was specifically very few shops that actually stocked them because it wasn't a popular thing socially. It was just, you know, the kids loved it and that was it and, and, and nobody really cared. But it's, it's like when you look at that as a sport, uh, as in boxing now, and you look at how that's changed and you've absolutely nailed it on the head, but I'm going to jump on the back of that point even more so, is that because of how it's changed, because of the accessibility, because it's easy for anybody across the world in any country at any time to be able to access fights and fight history and the databases of stuff that we have now to be able to go and look up this stuff. YouTube, of course, without YouTube now, how would a lot of people be able to tune into historic fights? It's because of the benefit of people that set up YouTube channels specifically for, for historical purposes and they're able to put that content out there. If we wouldn't have that now, we wouldn't be able to tune into certain fights from yesteryear. There's so many fights I've seen that have happened well before I was born and the beauty of having the internet and YouTube is for moments like that, really, where you're able to tune into fights that didn't necessarily come on your radar until you started to search into the history of it. And then you think to yourself, wow, that was a brilliant fight. And that's one of the beauties of doing these podcasts that me and Johnston do is like we do the career profiles and we do the legendary nights and darker side of boxing shows. And whilst we're doing the research and putting everything together for the episodes, in doing so, we're actually opening ourselves up to a whole different world of things that we haven't explored before. And I think the point I'm trying to make here really is because of the accessibility, because of the changes in technology and how things have moved on so quickly over the past 20 years, it's given anybody who steps into this world now uh, an opportunity to really get... Uh, it's like a virtual library. It's like walking into your local library to find a book and read up about something. Not a lot of people do that now because it's a dying breed because of the fact that you've got this virtual library and virtual video library to go on and actually tune into things that you wouldn't have been able to tune into 20 years ago. So now that's why I think everybody decides that they want to become 
a a YouTuber or a, a boxing correspondent or reporter or whatever label they put themselves under, it, it is giving people that potential to be able to get themselves involved in the sport or interject themselves into the sport in some small way, shape or form to then become a part of what the society has then created as a result of it. So when we go back to fights like Ben and Eubank and the legacy that it's left behind, I actually think, Lukey, that the legacy of it has become greater over time because of the exposure and the accessibility to fights like this and tales like this and all the promotional stuff that's out there from the 1990s to see, you could have a literal night of Ben and Eubank and you could watch both fights and you could see the build-up, you could see all the interviews, you could see everything that was there from the time and yet you don't have to leave the comfort of your own home to go to the video store or to go to the library to rent anything. You don't have to do that. And I think that's one of the big changes that have happened in technology and the sport as a whole that I've always welcomed and I'll, I'll never knock it because without it, it wouldn't have connected people like me and you together, just two guys from thousands of miles apart being able to talk about fights and legacies and general stuff about boxing. Yeah, I mean, I think a great example of like, not so long ago, although it's like 14 years ago now, but it doesn't feel that long ago, is Chris John. Like, his career basically as a world champion was extremely irrelevant to me, and I had to, like, go through the internet to figure out results for a world champion's career because his his career really didn't take place, especially in the later part, on my television screen. He was a champion who mostly fought in, in Indonesia and networks didn't pick up his fights. So he was like an off-television champion. I think another example is Felix Strum, who major networks didn't pick up his fights. So these, not that long ago, you could have world champions that didn't... And um, what was it? The guy, Vincenzo Gutierrez fought um, Esquiva Falco. There was no U.S. distribution for that fight. So it still somewhat happens... But it used to be a common norm where there'd be world title fights in Europe that in America you could just simply not see the bout. So I suppose as we come towards the, the half hour mark, which is normally what we do for these shows, it's probably a good time really to get a bit of a synopsis from both of us about how we now look at these fights, being the age we are, having the accessibility that we've got, having recorded a tale for it having listened to a tale for it it'd be really good to sort of give you guys listening just a bit of a synopsis from our perspective really about about how we see this so i'll start and then i'll obviously pass to you lukey to to give your perception and synopsis of the tale of nigel ben and chris eubank as i've said in the main show if you already listened to it apologies because i'm repeating it again it is very nostalgic for me it is something that is always ingrained in my brain as a nostalgic moment in the sport and I'll always remember it very fondly and it'll always be something that I'll be able to relate to quite heavily because it relates to certain periods of time in my life where life seemed so much more simpler and and things were easier life was easier in general it didn't feel as difficult or as challenging and I think when I look at that I look at the nostalgia and how that relates to my personal life and I when I look back on the fights, I think actually, yeah, they're very good value for money fights. And I look in the grand scheme of things, as I was saying earlier about their careers, and I think to myself, there's a lot of ifs, buts and maybes with it about what they could have done in their careers. However, I do think as a tale and, and what they did within their two fights and the, the hype it generated in this country in particular, it's left a, a fantastic legacy. And 
has actually been able to, over time, because of technology, has been able to translate across the world to other people who won't have seen it originally, but have now had the benefit of being able to look back on a, on a genuine bad blood tale, which has now got to a point in time where these two guys eventually became, I wouldn't say friends, but I'd say acquaintances that are able to do dinner shows together and talk about the fights together, whereas all them years ago, there was absolutely no chance you could even get them in the room together without them cussing each other because of the fact that they absolutely despised each other, despite what they might have said on an off camera. It was, uh, it's an amazing tale, and I'm so glad that I've been able to cover it for this show and, and redo it again. Uh, we did do the original version of it a few years ago when we'd first started out, and to be able to do it in the way we've done it now has is, is been fantastic, so I hope that people have enjoyed it. And Lukey, I'm going to hand it over to you really because one of the best things, again, as I repeated earlier, is having you on the show because you bring a totally different perspective of how you see certain fights. And this one in particular was one, as you rightly pointed out at the start of the show, which wasn't necessarily something you was was opened up to until a few years down the line after the event had happened. But now where you are in your life and your 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 career within boxing and what you're doing within the sport what would your synopsis be of it now this is when chris eubank became someone that was relevant i would say this is if you if you're a fan of chris eubank and chris eubank jr the first fight is his iconic legendary moment that made everything about him being involved in this if someone sees him and they go why is this guy up there talking and saying all this crazy stuff the first fight is the reason the stoppage, the Richard Steele, the dramatic moment. This is why Chris Eubank to this day has a voice in boxing is the first fight. And that's how I would make sense of it. So that brings an end to this particular after show of Nigel Ben and Chris Eubank and our perspectives and our takes on it on this after show. And if you have enjoyed it, as always, do let us know. If you have any thoughts and feelings, as I said in the main show, any nostalgic moments, anything that even relates to you personally that reminds you of this fight that brings you back to a certain point in your life, it's always great to hear people different walks of life and tales that they have around this tale and this fight. So please do let us know. If you're listening on Spotify, you can drop that comment below. Please do let us know. If you are listening to us and you want to provide that comment, you can do it on X at Legend Night Pod or BTR Boxing Pod. Or if you're not subscribed to us on any other particular platform and you want to subscribe to us on Apple, that would be great because you can leave your reviews on there as well. So please make sure you leave your reviews on there for us. And finally, I'm just going to let Lukey come in one more time just to give you his social media handles and where to find his musings about the sport of boxing. Let's just go with Lukey Boxing this week. Just type it in. I got a newsletter. I got a thing. Um... Because, you know, I came in 10 minutes late. The listeners don't know that, but I did, so I'm going to give myself a little bit of punishment. Um, Probably going to drink a strong beer today, watch uh, the American football game, the Super Bowl. Love doing that. But I love being on here, and I love talking to you, Sean. I love talking to the British people, and I love talking to the people of the world. In the words of Teofimo Lopez, humans, humans. It's just all I got. (laughs) and that is a great way to end this show again if you've enjoyed the after show again please do drop us the feedback you know what if you haven't enjoyed the after show and you think it's garbage also let us know because that's the only way we can improve it so please do let us know big thanks as always go out to luke and to everybody listening for this week's episode 
We will be back. We've got two more after shows left of the season with the new two tales to come in the next two weeks. So please do tune in to the final two of the season. And then there is an important announcement to come. So please keep your eyes peeled to social media and look out for an episode coming out about the big announcement about our network. But that is it for this episode. Thank you very, very much for listening to the after show on the Legendary Nights podcast. Oh, wonderful shot by Lennox Lewis. A right hand by Holyfield. By Boston Douglas, look at this. He's knocked by Tyson down for the first time in his career. But unfortunately, it'll never happen. Crunch, punches, and punches, and it's over. I think it's going to be over. say there seems an element of genuine hate between these two Ambrose. For sure. I don't hate the man. Just imagine if you bought a ticket. Stop it, Frank. You can stop it any time. Castillo's in trouble. Leach steps in and the fight is over. Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.